0: Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Toon Norries podcast. I'm your host James and I'm not joined as always by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. A friend of ours, Brian O'Donovan
2: from Limerick City, Kid, is I'm in good, the man. hot seat today. How are you? I'm good man, I'm good. It's, it's nice to be here. Um, it's a privilege to be asked. Right. I know that you want stuck for it. You know, I know that I have a story yeah. and I suppose it is a privilege to be able to sit here, this side of it, what I have experienced and what I'm experiencing today as well, because like it doesn't, you, as as I mentioned a few times on, on your podcast, like this is an ongoing process. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't There's no destination, yeah. you know. So I do feel that it's right for me to do this today. It's good to have you here
1: because the first time me and Timmy ever spoke in public, well, did any bit of public speaking, was at the Cork Alliance Centre Conference, which was a charity that supports people that have been in prison. That would have helped us all here today. And uh, we all spoke at that conference, and the president was there, among others. So it's great to have you here, but it's mad how things have evolved since then, isn't it? Nice, well, definitely. Uh, well, it's definitely. Do you want to bring us back, I suppose, for the people that don't know and tell us where you're from, what it was
2: like growing up for you? Yeah, so... I'm from Limerick City. I'm from the past side of Limerick City actually. Is there uh, a past side in Limerick City? Hey I look, I, I, I think so, <laughs> you know, I think so. But like, I come from a place called Carbley and um, I had a good upbringing. I was never shot of anything, Not to be honest. Like I was not um, my father, my mother were good work, hard working people, I w I've one brother. And do you, know, they're, 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 do you know they 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 joined have and people and stuff like that, but I never felt a part of that family, never from the get go. You um, know why? Yeah, man. because in the searching of the soul, like as as things on in recovery, like I realised stuff. You know, I had I was clinically dead when I was four, um, from an epileptic fit, and I was put. I was, I was lucky that there was a doctor down the road that was able to be there and when, I, when I vomited on my sake, I was in I was in the isolation unit and stuff like that woke up with all the things around my chest and looking back man I blame my parents for that why the fuck are you leaving me here you know I'm here on my own and you know thinking back in therapy and like I I became institutionalised um, later on in, yeah. in, in life and stuff like that um, and I found out this these golden nuggets to what the fuck was? What the fuck why I was thinking this way, you know? And I suppose, yeah, I I have a big family, like relative wise, you know. There's, I think there was about 28 cousins and stuff like that. So I was, I was, I I, I was, I was. They were good friends. They were my first kind of friends and stuff like that. And I suppose they became. Over time, very successful people. Do you know what I mean? What they are and, and um inspirational. You know, yeah inspirational. But this inferior complex I live with because I always competing myself to my brother. Always, you know. Um, he played, he played, he was the, <laughs> he got the most caps in the OI rugby. and um, so he never made it to to Munster. He always went to the end of the show. So I was always competing for that attention. All the time with my parents, right? And I, I suppose something happened when I was it was thirteen. My my cousin Barbara got arrested. Soul took her life, and I suppose to the best of their knowledge, they thought it was best to tell me that she died from cancer. Um, and I found out later, one of my friends said, "Jesus, I'll be your cousin, whatever." And uh she said she took her life, you know what I mean? And at the time it was an offence and all that kind of stuff and it pushed me so far away from my family because I never trusted them again, you know what I mean? That was that was a biggie thing for me. And I repelled and I repented and, and um I found I, I, I thought I'd never tear tablets, you know, because I go, I'm not going down that road now, you know what I mean? And and I suppose I became addicted to anything. Um, to take me away from myself and what I was feeling. And um I suppose the crowd that I grew up around, like I was the type of addict that would rob you and then help you go look for it. No, that's the kind of person I I, I became and mm-hmm. uh what like like I said and I and I still stand by it like my parents done the best they can with yeah. what they had, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um Because I'm also aware of generational stuff that I actually took on as a kid as well, um, which isn't my place to take on. And I didn't know that until later in my life. Um, So... What was it like in school? In school, it was good, like, talking about looking for attention. I can remember in primary school, I was... I was a good kid, intelligent, like, I liked school, and there was this opportunities that I started fighting in school and I was getting attention. I loved the boys and it was great. And after that, it came second year, just 13, 14, big change. Mm-hmm. I I went to a rugby school and it was, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I went in, uh, I would no interest in being there, to be honest. I would no interest. I lost all interest. Addiction had me by the heads at that age, 13, 14. What 14. What kind of drugs we were you using at the time? Solvents would have been my, my, my go to. Mm. Uh, the reason why they wanted to go to is because you couldn't smell them. Mm. You know, I couldn't smell the drink. You couldn't see that I was stoned from smoking the hash or, I don't know, that's how yeah, yeah. long ago I was and showing my age, you know, mm-hmm. but sure. You know, and, and, um I never got close to anyone because of that incident and I wasn't able to allow myself to get close to anyone because of that. I didn't trust no one, And um, found it very hard. You know, I used to drink and to get pumped out. You yeah. know, to to extreme and, and like, you know, to be fair to my father, to give him credit, man. He picked me up in some states and brought me back, you know. And, like the other side of it, I would have resented him from how he dealt with it. Do you know what I mean? Well, like that, I'm at peace with that all today and I have a great relationship with him today. Yeah, yeah. Because no matter what, he stuck by me. Saw it in my mind. Yeah. You know what what I mean? did the drink Just do for What did the drink do for me?
1: At that age?
2: The drink, the drink made me feel part of. Mm-hmm. The drink made me feel part of the, it it allowed me be myself. I was afraid to be myself. but did know who the fuck it was. You know, I didn't even know where I was going, what I was doing, you know, I just, it just, it filled up that vibe within myself, man. And it was just like, I was, oh, I was doing mad stuff then to get the acceptance from the crowd, you know, drinking as much as I could and staying out. But for a finish, like, if I was, say, moving on from that, that's, that's starting school, moving on to about third year, yeah. Jonas, yeah. If I was drinking and I was caught like, I was like, fucked up, man. I was like, literally like, you're not coming in, you're the fucking, because I used to leave people, walk all over me in the street, go back then and take it out with my family. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do, man. I didn't know how to verbalise it. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have the capacity to be able to talk about it, that emotional, mm-hmm. I didn't have it. That's, you know, I didn't I didn't feel it and stuff like that. So, where I felt comfort was going to going to people that were caught up in addiction as well. They could identify with me. I could grow up together and, and learn that. and I suppose robbing was a big thing for me as well, to feed my addiction. My 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 family thought like, oh well if we don't give them money we won't go away and buy stuff. But sure, as you know yourselves, when you're in a fucking addiction, it doesn't matter. By any means necessary, and I carried an awful lot of shame through school. Yeah, I was like, because I was in school, I was, I was trying to, I was, I was trying to make my way through addiction, and like, look, I apologise, and like, I held a lot of shame for that. You know, I apologise for that for anyone else speaking that's listening in, because mm. I carried so much shame around that. For Robin, is it? For Robin, man. Because I know I wasn't brought up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't brought up like that. And Must have been very difficult for your mother and father looking on. Oh, it's definitely, man, they fucking killed them. My mother would say, my mother would say, I just, I fucking just went for you to die. It'd be easier if you're dead. Oh. This is at fucking 15, 16 years old. Go in
1: Cork. Yeah. If, you no. said, if you said somebody that you went to a rugby school, yeah. or chances your are you're fairly wealthy. Is it like that in number two? 100%. Yeah. It is.
2: And look
1: it's like a, it's a privileged school
2: I I, I had I had a privileged fucking childhood man yeah. I I know people on, on, on the journey of, of recovery that I've met and like you put your problems in the middle of a table man You, you're, I'm the first one dead back my one do you know what I mean like yeah, because yeah. like that
1: putting it actually 100%. but it's
2: also shows as well doesn't happen to just fellas in council estates, I don't know and that's that's my kind of message here as well James because I, 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 and most definitely it's it's it does happen and like I, I fucking I'm, I'm in there I'm on the ground in those places at the moment trying to support but that's for the later on in the podcast yeah. but like for now I suppose it does like and, and I thought I was the only fucking addict man at that age as well because I, I actually ended up going to the the, the support groups um, a family intervention was made at at, at 16 17 uh, they call it the John you know, Twelve Step, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and they brought came out to the house. This woman by fucking legend of a woman, um, you know, came out and I was going, how the fuck is this one an addict? Like she doesn't, you know. And and, and I understood like it wasn't about what you take. Or mm-hmm. I got to know it wasn't about what you take. It's what it does. You yeah. know, it's not about the substance, it's how I react to the substance.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. And got brought to me, got brought to an all-meeting and went into treatment. I was in treatment twice by the time I was 18. Where'd you go? Ashley. Oh, Tipperary. Up Tipperary. I was in there for my 18 birthday. And, you know, I was only saying it the other night, like, at least I can remember my 18 birthday, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, at the time, I was going, fuck this, man. I'm only meant to be starting to drink now. Yeah. You know, I'm not. if I go in here and tell people I'm an addict, then they leave me alone, i would be able to use. Yeah. You know, so that's it, did, did you go there because your
1: parents kind of coerced you into yeah. going?
2: No, I didn't go there for myself anyway, James. Yeah. You know, I was kind of getting... Because when I seen the blue lights with the guards, like... Uh, uh. It triggered something in me. Like, I, I got diagnosed with ADHD at, at that time as well. So, it triggered me to react, like I was talking about earlier, when when looking for acceptance from the lads. i go mad and I'd fucking do something stupid, and whatever, do you know? Mm. And um, at the time, yeah, I could relate inside in the treatment centers and stuff like that. But I, I was only beginning. To be very honest.
1: difficult for an 18 year old at that stage isn't it oh, we were there's, on, a lot, there's a lot of pain to happen yeah. before the penny drops
2: we were only tired about coming down the road you know so
3: like you're after to treatment you now already twice and you're 18 you know um, and we all know that drinking drugs block our thinking and even when we're not using we're thinking about how we're going to get more money to be able to feed our habits what was going on in your head even before the solvents came along to say that you were getting a bit of peace from drink, drugs, and solvents, what was your your heads?
2: What kind of thoughts were you having about yourself and everybody around you? Well, I hated myself, to me. You know, I hated myself for actually taking the drugs. I didn't know how to say it. You know, any any kind of woman that got close, a girl that got close to me, I pushed her away because I I suppose, more I after my mum had me she had a hysterectomy right which I learned later on in life that if a woman has a hysterectomy she goes directly into menopause mm-hmm. so then therefore which I also learned in counselling um, you know later on in life yeah. and stuff like that and I, I was actually able to have a chat with my mum to see how she was around it after it, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it was it was nice. There's a lot of healing happening, yeah. do you know, a lot of healing happening. But back to that kid, when that happened, I was looking to be connected and I was being rejected. So it if was not- going through her own of stuff like control of stuff, James, do you know, and, and, and more stuff on top of that, do you know, more stuff that, that, you know, isn't, isn't my space. that, yeah. that oh, this shit to yeah. talk about, do you know. Yeah. Um, How do things progress? They progressed When you got all treatment Really rapidly James I can remember Coming back in So there was an expectation Father was always Kind of person That You need to go to Fucking school You need to go to college You need to get a job A, B and C I had no more interest In going to college I wanted money To To, to provide for What I was Fucking dealing with To get stoned Get storm and get, you know, to out. block out. out. But at the time, I didn't think it. That's, do you know what I mean? I didn't think that I was blocking out. I thought I was just being a part of the fucking, yeah. the, my social norms, you know. So, went back in, um, went back in the day. Today I was fuck uh, I was yeah, I was eighteen in there, I can remember getting my eighteen part. I went back, I was allowed to go back in because I got I went didn't want to be in school. A third year I got offered to, to go to um do an apprenticeship. Good with my hands, you know what I mean? Graft the Wild threads master and run. And I didn't I didn't do a leave and sort of walked out. I said, Fuck this, I'm not and lo and behold I was in a hostel a couple of weeks later. and um, thought I wasn't hurting anyone. You know, I thought, thought like, no, I'm away from my family. um, You know, and, and and I have to mention as well, like, my brother fought and for a lot as well because a lot of, of the attention was on me growing up, the addict, like, in the family system. And my brother had to survive without no attention on it, you know. Um, and that, I know, has to be hard. Mm-hmm. because I was so self-centered, man, it all about me. You know, and to the very end actually, to be honest. Mm. Um and, and and I suppose after I got home I was I was drinking with people three or four times the fucking age of me and I was kinda of going not. Hurting, no, do you know, not Norman. but soon I got like on probation and and, and um you know, min- mediocre fucking charges and all that stupid fucking charges, do you know.
3: You know you while know, well, you were in the hostel.
2: Yeah. Please. When you're in a
3: hostel, like you're open to every fucking drug. But when yeah. you're around your peers, you're only dabbling with the old fucking yeah, and the coke. But when you're in a hostel, yeah, well, you're, you're with people who are on the streets, mm. and they're at everything, you know, across the board. So, like, did everything start coming into your life at a young age? You're in a
2: Twenty years ago, to me, would yeah. have been I would have been in the hostel first, like you know. um... So it was, it was like, I would have taken anything. Mm. I would, I was open to anything, like just get me away from what I was feeling. Mm. Cause I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to communicate. Um, I didn't, I wasn't a part of it cause like, I wasn't a part of any group. Do you know what I mean? I was a part of, I knew when you got paid. I know when you got paid. so I'd be able to be around you then like, <laughs> you know? And that's the kind of way I, I, I went, I was rolling for a while. I went into to another treatment centre then, into two thousand and four. a 30-day programme, Minnesota model, and I was in there for to get out of jail, man, to be honest. Um, I was, and boy, but don't get me wrong, I got something from it. I mean, look, like I got something from... Got something from the adolescent program. Mm-hmm. God, so I learned something from it. Like and you, like they're talking about in the here and now, like recovery capital and stuff like that. I gained some recovery capital in them places because our our daughter or other word it's a sobriety sampling. So I was able to stay away from abstinent for a certain block of time. Yeah. and I was the the, the call it in the the rooms the thirty day wonder. To pick up the bags, I got the badges. I got, how do I graduate out? How do I manipulate my way through this system to get out and go back to what we're using? Do you know what I mean? And, um,
1: will you explain recovery capital for us?
2: I'll try my best anyway, James. Yeah, so recovery capital is so like in the national drug strategy, right? Especially, say, 2017 to.
1: Twenty-three.
2: five. Twenty five yeah yeah
1: jumps and harm support and recovery. Yes.
2: So it was really it was really focusing around recovery supports, right? And back then and still to this day it is getting better.
0: Yeah.
2: Um but back then there was very little supports for people that would have come out of treatment. And would reintegrate back into society, you know, very little half of houses. No, like the likes of Box and Clever. I know you had Mark on, mm-hmm. there's Boxing Clever after starting up in the Midwest now.
1: And- I actually gave a talk up there, I remember? Yes. When they, when they graduated, they invited me up to Limerick to the hotel to give a talk. But the recovery capital is like uh, the how a person can successfully recover and the different parts of it. So social capital, the connections you make with people. So that can be through a fellowship, like yes. in an Smart Recovery, the cultural capital. What's your life is like? What kind of culture are you around? Like the, the people, places and things like, are you around pairs that are good for you? Where there's a natural culture of employment and education, you know, the human capital then, mm. you know, and, and like, how's your health and stuff like that. But all these things contribute to like a good, solid recovery. Whereas if you have the culture, if you have the social capital, and this is a good one, the fellas are with, all the women, and they're they're, they're drinking coffee in every coffee shop in Cork, and Limerick, but then they're neglecting like the other yes. stuff, you know. They are more vulnerable to relapse. Whereas recovery capital is a more holistic kind of view mm. of recovery, you know. Yes. And uh, you know, just I thought that it was worth explaining for Seriously. people that might be starting out in their recovery journey, I wanting to kind of learn a little bit more. So. And it's good what you said as well because there's no such thing as a wasted treatment No, yeah. because you learn stuff along the way. Oh, no. the little nuggets are planted, the seeds are planted until yeah, okay. you get mature enough to kind of tap into it, you know? No.
3: Yeah, it's like um, it's like when you're in treatment and you come out of treatment back then, you don't know the benefit of it. But when you look back now, you can understand the benefit of it. Yes. It's like looking at somebody who's been in and out of prison all, all their lives. And prison has been the one thing that has given them a the bit of respite away from the streets and the addiction. And every time they go into prison, they build themselves back up. They do a bit of exercise and they get healthy and they're away from drugs. Without that in their lives, without prison in their lives, they would probably dying because of, of the abuse they're putting in yes. their bodies. So like what you're saying is very important. You know, the different there's it's not it's for no good. Mm. There is a massive benefit yep. even getting treatment at a young age, and I can relate to treatment at a young age. Mm-hmm. I would have been to two treatment centres before I was even 18. Mm-hmm. I would have spent my 18 birthday in treatment, like, uh, you know, um, and it's a tough thing. Because yeah. you're looking at all the 18 year olds waiting till they're 18 to get their, their their passport and go in town and, and go off for a legal first drink. You miss out on all that. Mm. You know, you miss out on all that. But um how did it uh, continue from there, Brian? Uh, after that treatment, because that that treatment said it sounds like you were just after getting a little bit of insight, maybe into yeah. addiction.
2: I did. I got I got introduced to the I got introduced to the so the Minnesota model for anyone that doesn't know, like is the first five steps of, of of the AA or NA fellowship. You know and um which was a 28 day program yes 28 day program but my friend obviously all that can happen in 28 days is the sun will revolve around the moon you know because i know it's an intense program and uh, all that and hats off but like foundation like two years they give suggestions until years, first two years of recovery for very good reason like my biggest downfall was women like in early recovery yeah. before you know, I'd fall in love with the chairman. Yeah. No, I would. When the feel get the
3: feelings back what you're saying, you know. Nah, the And it's a you very, very big thing in about yes. men and women is the cross addiction. They uh-huh. fill that void where where when we stop drinking and drugging, we're left with the head. Yes. But if you're going away a chasing A man or a woman, Mm. like your thinking is occupied around that now, so you're still escaping the head
1: looking for something external outside of you to fill the void, fill the void like we've
2: done, like it's just substituting, really. You know, later on, looking, reflecting back on it, you know. And look, at the end of the day, I don't like i done the best I could with what what the awareness that I had at the time, uh, you know what I mean, and 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 like it's all loaning. You know, it's all nothing. Nothing is lost on this journey we call life no, it's not. You know, and, and and stuff like that. So, like back to what you were saying about where did it go after that? So that's two thousand and four. We're in fucking twenty three. There's there's a few years to cover. So yeah. you know, usually I have fifteen minutes to sum up this, but in an old chair, like, but at least I have the space tonight to kind of explore it. Yeah. Um, and it's. It's a privilege, like I said earlier on. So after that, I knew drugs is the problem. No, I says, fuck that. Every time I pick up drugs, I go on a mad binge and consequences happen. So I stopped having drugs, started drinking. And I can remember how devious and how much denial I was in. I was going to my aftercare each week and the only time I wasn't getting checked was the night I was coming home from Africa. So that was the night I was drinking an egg. Fuck it. To get it into me in the way back. You know, and uh, uh, that's for me when I started to become problematic. Mm. You know, um, started to get a bit more dependent. You know, I was moving away from problematic and moving into dependent. You know, that I needed something. Even though I, like, I can remember going to meetings, bringing a joint with me. In the car, and bringing it back after the after the meeting, and to be honest, I got there. It gave me a break for the hour. You no, know, the only requirement for a member a membership in in a fellowship is a desire. So that you don't have to be stopped. <coughs> you only want it. You only you only need to want it. You know. So there's they're important nuggets for people as well because people think like Because like another thing as well that abstinence is one form of recovery like mm-hmm. you know there's people that are living quality lives that like recovery is even exclusion in itself now because like who's to say one's recovery has to be the same as another mm-hmm.
1: we got a letter one time off somebody from uh, Kerry but mm-hmm. they were saying that what we, they were uh, in the fellowship no years okay. and years like, but that we were diluting the message of recovery and no, stuff yeah. like that but like and we respect them where they come from yeah. because obviously they feel very attached to the programme there and stuff like that but it, like we have to respect other people then and if if like if, if methadone is a part of their story mm. and they're still living a quality life or a medication or something and they're still in a better place than they were they're recovering too and, and maybe they might not get the abstinence that we have but if they're having a if they're in a better quality life they can look after their kids or go to work Sure, do you know what I mean. That's that's the recovering. It's on a continuum, you know. It's on a scale. You said it,
2: James. Improve one's quality of life. Yeah, and was what, what we wanted. It's not that anyone wants, do you know. Yeah, it really is, you know. And, and and I suppose I also learnt after that Minnesota model that right I can go away to the bitter ends and build myself back up when I got the treatment. So I done started to do the go to the bitter ends, come back. I was in I was in um like a three times as well. Brewery? Yeah. So I didn't I done the program once. I done the program once and uh the other two times I was just in there for the detox and tried right. to get better and I, I I'd find well, the drugs we have at this stage, you know, bro. And drink. So the first two times I was the The ease, the the ease, the coke, the the tablets, and the drink, and the last time before I got in there, I can remember I thought there was something more wrong to me than just being an addict, (laughs) and and it becomes a lonely fucking journey in them places, kind of really like. And that's where I started to see what my, what my capabilities are. Right, but you're here on your own. And I don't forget people who were there for me in, in, in them kind of times. Do you know what I mean? And I suppose I was told by the psychiatrist, you're never going to be able to come off this medication. But sure, I've that mind where I'm going to go, okay, if I keep getting more medication, I'm going to get more affected from it. Because if I still do A, B, and C, Mm. I'll be able to get more effective from it. I'm around like a zombie, man. You know, and look. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Thanks, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, A reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai.
0: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: At that time, was I displaying symptoms of bipolar? Maybe I was. Was I displaying symptoms of depression? Maybe I was. Or... Who has the right to make that call in one person's life? Like,
1: what age, yeah? Right? Age about
2: 23, 24, I'd say. Mm. How long were you in the institution for? All in all, I was in there for 12 months. Fuck it, that's a long time. It's a long Bob's time. What was like in there? There was people in their gyms that were going in, going on medication to come off medication. Yeah. I
1: mean, you're only 23 now, right?
2: You're yeah. after doing a lot of time in
1: institutions yeah. already, like four yeah. or five treatments, like between Brory three times, Yeah, the Aisling, how, and there was two as a young fella, Brory yeah. three times, now 12 months, here. Yeah. Mm. You're only 23, that's a long time. You're becoming institutionalised a little bit.
2: Most definitely, man.
3: I'm looking at your face here. Mm. You're all demeanor, like, do you, do you feel a bit of compassion for that person.
2: Yeah, man. I love that person. I mean, I do, man. Do you know? I've done a lot of work on myself. Um, I, I, I feel emotional. I feel raw, but do you know what, man? I feel human. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 uh, this is my life. A few of my friends, like, I know that I said that I, I kind of pulled away from a lot of people, but a few people, like, I would have stayed in contact. And I go, Brian, why don't you have write a book, bu- write a book, like, kind of gone, nah maybe a thesis or maybe a fucking do you know a mass or whatever but like I don't know man and I said it earlier on the podcast it's not about social status it really fucking isn't man it's about passing like, on your fucking story passing on my story man because like how many people are caught up in this juices at the moment mm-hmm. and, and being shut up by medication and I'm, I'm not here saying that there isn't a need for medication mm, it's helpful for some most definitely James do you think you were written off
1: with the medication at a young age in, or do you think it was what you needed at the time?
2: I do believe that there was a need for me to take it at the time. Mm. I genuinely do. Um Did you lose yourself? Did I you didn't do? want to be here, man. I you, know I know that. You know? But, but but even though you still didn't want
3: to be here, mm. okay you still felt things. You still felt yes. emotions and yeah. you still fucking noticed the mad head and yeah. and that's that's consciousness, even yes. though you're unaware of it we still feel it but when you're heavily medicated it's like it's like a different what the fuck is going on who, who am i like mm. i'm not feeling all the madness anymore this isn't really mm. like all this stuff is blocking or everything so it's like it's 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 like i don't know what's the what's that phrase like it's, 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 it's not that you're stuck in limbo it's like it's like repairing covering one thing with something else mm. You know, you're you gone from where you're struggling with your mental health and you can't cope with your emotional state and you you, you and the thoughts that are going on in your head, but then you're put on hev, heavily, heavily dosed with meds, and you it's like you're missing the this part of yourself that you can actually feel and you're not liking this and where you feel because you know it's not real mm. and there's a bit of conflict then, you know, and I know that because of my own situation, you know, yes. I I I didn't feel like myself anymore even though it did, this was supposed to be helping me. But I actually felt I needed to go back to this mm-hmm. tough place where it, it, I was really, really in a bad, bad place and my head was mad, but it was real. This wasn't real because I, was, I wasn't myself. If this madness here felt looked more like myself, where the head was mad and I was feeling all these powerful emotions like fear, shame and guilt and everything else, but it was my reality. And I knew I was going to grow back here if I was able to accept my situation and feel it, you know, so I decided to go back here. Mm. But I used the kind of practical things like the medication, the meditation, you know, the the therapy. So no, I'm not saying somebody that said medication should stop, go to your doctor. Totally or whatever. Like, you? I went to my doctor yeah. and I stopped. But is that was that a similar kind of way you, you felt? So you I, I
2: I can remember, shot, I'm glad he started speaking cuz i was able to think what i was trying to reflect back what was after happening after that um i can remember i came back to limerick and a gentleman gave me an opportunity as a trade and uh, doing a mechanic's trade and i was doing well for some time and i enjoyed the trade and uh, like a like a fucking jack of all trades you know what i mean i taught my hand handing and stuff like that and uh really enjoyed it but i can remember I was able to manage the drugs, right, but any time I drank then my parents would fucking shit, he's back at it, and it would fuck me out. So I can remember being in phase two, in in the trade, I was sleeping rough. I was sleeping in the building side, fibreglass over me, going to my trade every day, washing myself in the sink, right. Has anything like that happened since my addiction has stopped? No, it hasn't. So you know, leave, leave that. I do, and that's how we met. Yeah. First was that piece of the convictions. You yeah. know, um, it, it it's a fucking taboo subject. Yeah. You know, and and um. Did you go to Cork prison or Limerick prison? No, Limerick prison. And did I you come s-
1: to Cork then when you went? I out?
2: went to I went to Dumbroory. I went to Cork. Done another half a house in Cork. Yeah. And stayed, stayed nine months clean. I thought I had the world solved, man. I knew everything what was going on, right. And I can remember the, the the owner of the boss came in. You know the way you give you your, your good best look speech. He goes, Brian, you haven't changed one bit. Mm-hmm. just go up to us. What do you mean? I said, I'm nine months clean, and I know you know all this kind of bravado and ego and all that kind of stuff. He goes, if you don't change, you're going to fall flat on your face. And today I'm grateful for for him to be able to say it. And his feedback. 100% Jeps. you know. And did you fall flat on your face? I did. Did you stay in cough? I did. I did and the drugs changed. What kind of drugs were you using? So the the tablets and I can remember I started into heroin. Um, And it was great.
3: Loved it. Sure i was sure. hasn't been, been, wrapped in a cuddly blanket.
1: And nice, t- and well, it is like we were up Dublin there a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and we see the addiction up there. Yeah. People go off, the off down, mm. down alleyways, down steps, but as bad as it looks, they've never felt better because there's come everything is blocked out, isn't it? Yeah. And either shit that's going on for yeah. you, it just blocks.
2: It just numbs you. And my friend of mine. So I was, yeah, still, I was it like it's like the hug your mother never gave you. Cause no, you, you know, because it does give it to you. And, and like, what was your life like when you got strong out in the air? I was in and all that. So, I I went to another treatment center, I was jumping between the treatment center out in Bellarney and, and, and into the, the Nuns. And, yeah, and St. Vincent's Hostel um and like i've more i was only telling on the way down like i've more addresses in Cox city than doing limerick like wow. you know um i lived lived in grattan hill lived in the i I lived only around the corner from here actually as well um lived in balling lived in talker lived in turner's cross um i but can it, see what i can see where you went wrong you were always on the south side <laughs> 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 you should have coming up the Nazi with it looking after you. but you know what James, I did go up the Nazi and, and I also I, I suppose when I was down here I can remember I was engaging with the services and and, and I remember that my probation officer at the time Maria I think her name I actually know Maria Yeah, Maria Walsh Maria Walsh that's who it was and I can remember going up there right and and she says well, who are you? I'm coming from a place where I was institutions, Brian, I'm an addict. She was what? What else are you like? What do you like? Well, who are you? I didn't have a phone, clue, man. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know what I liked. Didn't know, you know, what I was into. What I wasn't into. What colour you like my music man. you like? didn't know. I didn't know I was entitled to all that kind of stuff. You know, and I can remember I was linked in with... with God, the Lions, man, they were like my family down here. To be honest, they give yeah. them a shout out were Like you know what they you you engaged with them, and I suppose as as I was honest to be there. I wasn't judged. Yeah. I wasn't judged. I used to go in there and, and go in there as best I could. And I went, I went to the not uh, Maxweeney College up in now. So it yeah, yeah, Nothing, yeah. As as yeah. I was yeah. Saying, to to Brian there as well before the podcast i done a coaching class up there um, in rugby because I, I, I was a bit, I was a good, I was, like, to be honest, I was, I was, no, I was handy at the rugby, man, to be fair, you know, I was up against a few internationals and stuff in school, but, yeah, well known in addiction, I suppose, you know, it, uh, yeah. it, 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 it was hard, like, but, but how, do you
1: know, when you're, when you're in Cork and you're strung out in the gear and you're moving around, like, what was the turn
2: of mine How did it come to a head? Right. How it came to a head, man? I, I was fucking. It was 2013, right? My mother was after getting diagnosed with cancer. My father was. Two of them? Two of them. My mother got diagnosed with cancer and shortly after from the stress of me being self-centered. My father. Not, not only me. I know that I did have a, a huge impact, but how self-centred I was! I can remember I'm coming down to Cork. Cause she got her treatment down in Cork because it was the breast clinic, or just around the corner. Yeah. I couldn't make it to meet her because I was—I had to go in and get myself sorted before I, I met her and stuff like that. It needed, and look, it, it needed to score, but like I suppose I was a poly drug user, so I wasn't. It wasn't. I and, and I picked up all this kind of. Party drug, drug user is when I was wanting to to any anything to take me away from the pain it I was feeling. It
3: wasn't just one
2: specific drug. Absolutely it was not absolutely man. Every everything. Alcohol and, alcohol. and I thought, right, to me, I thought if I only take heroin for two days, and I only take Coke for two days, and I only drink for two days, I'm only a recreational user. I didn't think I was mad. Hold his head. This isn't man. It. mad. Mad. I didn't think I
3: was an addict either. Or an alcoholic because my my binges were two three week binges mm. where I was flat out, and then I'd be given the ultimatum to stop for three or four weeks to get yeah, back into man. the house. So I'd be I'd have a roof over my head. Yeah. And I thought I was an addict either over the same stuff. You know, it's mad how our thinking can
2: can yeah can bring in denial. So I can remember that right. With, with, with when. My mum was, was, uh, diagnosed with a cancer. And I goes, man, I have to stop and it about me. There's people that fucking love the bones of me, man. And they're fucking dying in front of my eyes. What can what do I, like, I need to do something here. I was down. It was the, the 17th of December, last time I had a fucking, and I, I, totally, I start, my first drink was two cans of droids right and my last drink was a can of Linden village I was a canaholic I wasn't an alcoholic you know what I mean I fucking I never got to the bars I always drank down the fucking back streets mm. I never experienced what sort I never had a drink with my father my mother or my brother mm. uh, like that I oh, fucking there's a lot of loss down there, man, around that so kind of were stuff you never
3: invited to parties
2: you <laughs> never went to weddings nah man I no, I'm getting invited today, right, to there do you know what I mean so am I, yeah. do you know what I mean and it's good <laughs> you know and it's good and then, you know it's it's it. I suppose we're the turning point for me gems because I know that we're fucking rambling but it's it's my story and I suppose it's important to give myself that time to explain it because it's all the time you know, it's cost me enough it's cost me and my loved ones enough for me to sit down to see and share my experience. Yeah. But when you met your mum, your father's on yeah. your mum or on well, you couldn't make it to meet or there was a lot of guilt, the penny was dropping. Mm. What did you do? So Jayla made an intervention with me. I was I was in an apartment over, over the other side of the river. I thought it was grand man. I thought it was all right. I was, I was going to counselling once a week. I was... But there was pins all around me like... Oh, Dad, I thought, I didn't see it, man. I was delusional, I was blind by boy it. And she gave me the alternative because I thought it was, I, I was so self-righteous because that comes out addiction and, and ignorance and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't pay my rent. So she said, you have two choices. You can go back to the hostel and be blacklisted with the rent allowance, or you can ring a treatment centre and go in. So I i said, "Right, I I didn't think I was going to get it, lads. I thought I was beyond the help because all the times I've been in there. Oh. So I rang. It took me three months to get into that place, and I was going from the hostel. I stopped. I stopped drinking in the hostel. I stopped using heroin in the hostel. I can remember being in the, the, the doctor's clinic and he's saying, right, give me your 3 yard R-lines, I want to put you on the metron." I says, look, Doc, give me one more day, will you? I'm going to have to fucking stand it off for fucking two days. If we don't get off it, they st- I'll be back Joe, next week. And... touch one, man, I haven't touched it today. I haven't touched it t- today. Like, but like I was saying to you before the podcast, to me... I smelt it today yeah, and it smells as good today as it did when I left it. That's because it's not the smell you're attracted to,
3: it's the feeling. One hundred percent. It's the feeling that it will give you. And yeah, when I say the feeling, it's lack of feeling
2: anything. But the smell triggers that then. Yeah. It? Yeah. it does, it does. But I'm also aware that it's just a feeling. Do you know no. what? It's just a feeling. I suppose that's when I went to Dublin. I started to emotionally regulate myself, and I thought I made the wrong choice because I went in; it was like an open prison. Um, so it was me revisiting all my past. Where, stuff. Where, where, when you went to Dublin, when you went, went to Dublin, wealth, yeah, thing. and and, and mine went. Up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I was blessed for the time that the walkers were there, man. The people that were there, um, I, I, I was for. Oh, she had some of the best experience of my life mm. and i I stay all clicks because you know yourself in treatment and there's clicks, there's bravado there's, bravan, there's mm. ego there's prison all that kind of yeah. stuff and there's mm. different intentions and so be it it doesn't matter why you're going to treatment why you stay there is the real reason yeah. so I got to know myself got to know my rage got to know that it wasn't rage it was hurt and and I had to go back on medication there as well and um, I had an nervous down and um, and you had a nervous breakdown. A nervous
3: what, breakdown. What,
2: what did
1: that involve, that nervous breakdown? Is that, is that a bipolar episode? Or is it like, explain like a nervous breakdown to us?
2: Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. So I actually had to come off all that medication. That, that being on that medication nearly stopped me going into coal Mine. And at the time, there was a big report out on the same institution about giving psychiatric medication to patients with, like, yeah. under, you know, fucking wrongly, right? Yeah. That stopped me from going into treatment. And if it was, if it was only for certain individuals up in that organisation that took the chance with me, because mm. I had to come off to go to Brody as well before I came to Cork a couple of yeah. years before. Because it's a dual diagnosis, yeah. diagnosis. Which is general. mental health and addiction.
1: Yes. And the work in silos. And if you have bored, you are kind of snookered for a long time. Very much so.
3: they so kind
1: of, like... They're, they can't but, be disconnected, right? Like. Yeah, But A lot of treatment centres won't take people. They won't. So even, you had to come off the medication to go into
2: treatment. I had to go off the medication to go into treatment. And you had an episode in there. I had an episode in there and I, I was lucky enough for the... I was lucky enough where I was at myself. I had a good doctor down here in Cork as well. That fucking gave me the time of day and actually listened to what I saying, and I hope he's listening I forget his name but he was a fucking gentleman and he had a good relationship with him and I haven't had good relationships with doctors because I'd, like lack of education just put it like that like lack of education but I have come across some good doctors and good. there was another good doctor up at Dublin at the time and and I can remember I went on that medication and I suppose we speak about recovery and it's about being honest with oneself and being genuine and, and and kind of where it's at. So I said, "Look, I want to want this mood stabilizer for a certain amount of time, and uh, it'll be. I want to come off it though eventually." And she said, "That's cool, no problem." So I did, you know, when I need it, and I respected that because I know I don't need to play the hero anymore. Look at me, I'm a fucking i don't understand, daddy, you know what I mean. I'm, I don't even call myself an addict no more when I identify myself when I attend a meeting. And I don't need to. I know exactly who and what I am and what I had been and where I've come from.
1: They're a great example of not giving up Mm -hmm. and of wanting don't work, trying something else and trying it again and keep going and keep going and not giving up. And
3: and just to reaffirm what James is after saying there, like how many treatment centres weigh in until this is time? Is it five, six,
2: seven? A lot yeah, and a few approaches. few times, man, because I suppose I would have stepped in these places a few times yeah. then as well, you know. So, I, the I last count, man. A lot, yeah.
1: just and,
3: and That's just insane. Don't ever give
2: up. No. no. Don't Absolutely ever give up. No. No. doesn't
3: matter if you don't get it the first second no. or the fourth time. No. No. When you get it, you get it. Yeah. No. And you'll only know then. But every... Every every single time it helps you to get. In your and way.
2: I started pushing myself out of the comfort zone, man. I can remember being up in up in 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 uh, after the program, right? When I learnt when I learnt how to deal with my emotions, I had to start doing things differently. I can remember like uh, someone up there, and I cause I haven't mentioned. I'm actually proud of myself. I haven't mentioned drop names yeah, because sort fucking of name. no no way. Cause I I know a handful of people. Let's say. Um, and I don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. name them. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the people that, I, uh, do you know, it's 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 all good. But what I can remember, I had to look at what I was going to do to me, because if you think about like like it's all about making money and and, and social capital and stuff like that. But like to make money all my life, I manipulated. So I needed to look at something. What do I need to center myself in this and stay steady in my life? And actually progress in, in, in a career that I know about and I suppose I have a lot of hours in counselling rooms, put it that way, mm. you know. Um, and I've learnt a lot from people who've come across me. Through so the harness, to live the lived experience that you have done through the years. And also the stuff that the professionals have taught me. Uh, did you go to college? I went to Liberties after that to do the social studies, right? And I walked into Trinity, man, thinking it was Liberties. First day of college, what well, I think Liberties, like a college. Liberties a VTEC, five college. right? yeah, five, yeah and, and, education. And, and Trinity would be... Thorough a- Levels. Yeah, Thorough level, right? So <laughs> man, yeah, I was here, I'm starting college today. You know what I mean? I put on my gladrags. I was fucking feeling 100%. <laughs> I said, you sure, like, you're starting here? I said, yeah, man, social studies. And I said, uh, no, that is down the road, <laughs> down Liberties. <laughs> But I really enjoyed it, man. You know, I really enjoyed it. I did got into a relationship after two years. Suggested thing. They were a downfall of mine. Um down she was from down the country, right? And in recovery and and uh I started. I decided to go to UL University of Limerick and I I'll went study well. to study the addiction studies. Yeah. Um, because I know it. I know a bit about it. I didn't feel like I was losing. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a big ask. to someone to ask to come away from what you've to be doing all your life. You know, it's a big ask. So I went in there. Um, it was a miracle I was even showing up. Do you know what I mean? I was I, I kind of like, because I got I got marks in, in in the VTech, but when I got there, I didn't really give a shit about the marks. I was kind of going, it's a miracle I'm here. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like academically. I wasn't academic at the point But you know did you, what you get through the course? Got through the course, man. Got through the course. Did you and start working in the services. Start working and started volunteering, James. Started volunteering. In Limerick. In Limerick, in 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 um uh adolescent addiction treatment centre. And I never thought I'd work with young fellas like you know what I mean? And it was great. And I I started enjoying what I was doing and then, like we would happen before the, the podcast um, about I was still doing a landscape and business on the side because volunteering doesn't pay, and kept persistent, man. I like I was saying I got I got offered jobs, went for interview, was offered a job, and actually rang me back and said, actually no, you have to come in, you're vetting, uh, not there, not happy. So I actually rang the superintendent because it was a, a it was a garden diversion project. And uh, it's funny how the universe works, right? Because I rang the superintendent and goes What's the one story, man? I'm after to one change in my life. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, well, it's a discretionary thing. You know, it's down to the organisation and stuff like that. So I says, Fuck that. No one needs to take step back from this. Because me, yeah. early recovery, you know, um, the relationship had subsided. That uh, it didn't work out. I was renting. I was. I, I. I got an apartment. I was renting a granny flat, and uh, I went for an interview with another probation organisation. right? and I got the job. You know what I mean? And they gave me the people gave me an a, an opportunity, and they didn't fucking penalise me for that oh, part oh. of my life yeah. and because they'd mentioned it said was that a part of your your addiction yeah it was okay we can leave that there and box that off because they understood it was restorative yeah. practice at his yeah. fucking best man. that was
3: me yeah. that's like, do
2: you know that's how it
3: should be for everybody yeah.
2: get, like why, yeah. why do you know it's, it's, the people yeah. don't realise how hard we work like
3: do you, do you want to leave that that organisation out of the conversation or do you think they should be North fight,
2: no fight. you know what, fight, man? I won't because I'm trying not to, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. trying not to, they know when they listen, they'll know who they yeah, are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
3: I think they should be held yeah. and praised yeah.
1: for the way that they
2: actually One hundred percent, you
1: know? That's my, um, that's
2: my two points on it. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's your life like today, Brian? So my life, my life like today, man, I'm a homeowner today, James, yeah? fuck <laughs> I'm a homeowner, man, you <laughs> know what I mean? And, I'm in a healthy relationship, probably the healthiest relationship, but but being in not got to over addiction, um, enjoying it. I I I I'm working in a new service now, harm reduction service, uh, lower threshold service, really thoroughly enjoying it. Um like it's it's I never thought I could work what I'm working in. Um because of the fucking you know my my experience but like that I don't see the the substance man I see the pain I look past it I look past the substance see the pain because that's all it was for me man it was holding my pain together for me you know I'm thoroughly enjoying like I can be myself and work James yeah I'm mean, trying to hide your past, though. absolutely mm-hmm. not, man. I'm an open book, like, yeah, you don't and know, book, like, you and saying,
1: anyway, after this, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for
2: sure. Look, but in the same, in, in in saying that, like, that organization had the same attitude, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because people realize that people do well, yeah, they have yeah. the capacity to change,
3: you know, you know, they also understand the importance of putting somebody with lived experience into position into the position you're in today, just because they're they're new. How that would benefit people that are going to use the mm-hmm. service, and I think that's very important as well to mention. Yeah. yeah.
1: Before we wrap it up, have you any uh, advice for somebody, maybe that's going in and out of institutions, be they psychiatric prisons or addiction, and feel like that they're never going to get it?
2: So uh, yeah, look, man, I always say it, man. I don't give advice. I don't. I don't. I don't tell anyone how to live their life. But what I would suggest is that. There is services around. There's more services now than there ever was. Yeah. It's okay to it's it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to fucking to start. Link. Don't do it. You can do it on your own, but you don't have to do it on your own. Just, it's okay to ask for help. One hundred percent, man. And keep asking for it. I still, I still need as much support today as I had before. Because the difference from you
3: not asking for help and asking for help is, is possibly whether you live or die. Yeah.
2: Life in ditch, mm-hmm. me, simple, yeah.
1: and death to me, And if people want to know, I suppose, what services is in their area, they can drop us an email, infortunaries.com. And
2: even up in the Midwest there as well, man, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's we, we get the details yeah. in. and we can signpost people. Signpost because there's a lot more organisations now mm-hmm. than yeah. there ever was. Yeah. 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 You know. Pleasure talking to you, Brian. Likewise, Thanks man. a million
1: for your time. Thanks for sharing. Nice, no, And it was a pleasure and great to see you doing well. And sure, we'll reconnect online. Nice, no, man. Thanks a million,
3: yeah.
2: boys. God bless,
0: Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike